You are listening to If It Has a Score, a podcast about movies, TV, sports, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Devin Lang and Wes Skim. Hello and welcome to If It Has a Score. Happy second week of April. We're back here. Lovely spring weather. The sun is out, shining down on us as we record. I've been waiting all week to talk about this weather. Let me tell you. It's <laughs> what I've been most looking forward to. No. It got cold again today, did it not? No, it, it will at night. That's what it's going to be okay. for the next week. It'll get into the 30s and 40s when the sun is down but when the sun is out we can look forward to 60s and 70s here in illinois oh, this upcoming week, week. Ooh, that's what no i'm talking rain. about oh yeah. yeah until it randomly just starts raining out of the middle of nowhere <laughs> without them having any forecast for it whatsoever that always happens every but. time every time yeah well anyway um before we start we could talk about uh last week's theme i mean last week's episode so we did our uh our little uh, <laughs> fantasy, fantasy, fantasy sports. Sport. Good yeah. thing of it. And um, honestly, we tied on both Facebook and Twitter. So uh, <laughs> there's that. It looks like it's a tie win for this month. We both were just so great at choosing our stuff that we tied in our fantasy league and both got first. I will say, I know there's some mystery tiebreaker that we're supposed to have. However, I will say... We did have a bonus episode this month. Technically, it was last month, but this month's theme. So, your fighter ended up winning for that. So, maybe that could be the tiebreaker for this month. All right, I'll take a win. Sure. <laughs> I know, I'm just handing You're them just out. You're just going to give it to me. It feels like, it seems like the right thing to do. We said we'd do something along those lines for a tiebreaker. We already have, and... What's his name? Randy. Randy, Randy. beat Mac. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. good to know. I don't think we talked about that either. All right. So then, uh, I win. Cool. <laughs> Randy beats <laughs> Mac, and then that is the tiebreaker for the draft being split down the middle. All right. Cool. Good to know. <laughs> Moving on, uh, we are going to start with some news. You started last week, so I'll start mm-hmm. this week. I don't have very much. Um, just this past week, Lucasfilm announced three new live-action Star Wars movies that are part of like the main storyline. So that's oh, wow. pretty cool. Uh, one's going to be more of like a prequel-type uh, movie. Talking about the, the Rise of the Jedi or, or something like that. Um, and <laughs> the second one is going to be uh, a tie-in of the different TV shows that have come out. So the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, and Ahsoka, those are all going to tie into that movie. And then the last one is going to be a film that takes place after the ninth film, and it follows um, Rey, Rey Skywalker, and how she's trying to rebuild the Jedi. Um, so that that's going to see uh, Daisy Ridley returning as Rey, which is exciting. Uh, a lot of fans are wondering whether the other characters are going to return and reprise their roles, especially Finn. A lot of people have been up in arms about Finn, who played the stormtrooper who turned sides in the last three movies. And uh, they feel like he didn't really get like a, a good finalization of his story. Like They feel like his, his story was just kind of thrown out. 
Mm-hmm. He just became a nothing character when it came to the ninth film, which is sad. So they're hoping that he makes a return and gets some sort of uh, ending to his story, uh, which which I agree with. I can I can get behind for sure. Yeah, I know some people that this news will be they'll they'll make it really really happy. But it's crazy to me just how big the and bold these storylines can get. Like they just. They go on and on. Oh, and they it's get huge. they get so deep. Yeah. Well, it was it's... only the three movies for the longest time, you know. Right. And then, like, yeah, some books came out, and then they had the prequels, and then it was just those six movies from 2005 up until like recently, where it's just like there's so many stories happening on so many TV shows. There's so mm-hmm. many um, different like books that you can read. Some are canon, some are not. There's games right. that expand on the story that have like canonical. Um, connections to the storyline so it's it's like hard to keep up yeah definitely for somebody that has not dipped their toes in at all it's like where do you even begin i mean i know there's ways to research like what's first and so forth but it's like wow it's just there's so much to keep up on it's it's daunting right right uh past that i have another new story hugh jackman I uh, had a skin cancer scare recently. He had two uh, spots that had developed on his nose, and he, he recently got them treated. Um, they were uh, possibly cancerous, I believe, or most likely cancerous, uh, but it was a really treatable form. So, like, there's not really too much of a worry. He was able to get them treated. I believe he has the all clear now, but he did go on Instagram to, like, um, really just reiterate like how important it is to use sunscreen and protect mm-hmm. yourself from the sun and that like this is stuff from like 25 years ago that is coming out like that his body's finally reacting to so it's like it's a long-term sort of thing it's something that won't show up until years later so you got to make sure you're protecting yourself now definitely and with having that platform like you said it's good to spread awareness and just glad that it was a scare that was something that was Easily treatable, so... Yep. And he's all good now. Ready to be Wolverine again. Nice. And that's it for news for me, so I'm going to turn it on over to you. Alright, so you didn't have that much. I have a lot. So some I will just kind of breeze through. Some are a bit older, and then some are newer, so I I don't know that much about them. But pretty much in order of how they happened. So the conclusion of March Madness. Yeah, that's right. We, All done. <laughs> yeah, we record like right before the men's game. So I wanted to save the men's game and the women's game for this week. So LSU blew out Iowa 102 to 85. So LSU is the women's NCAA champions. And UConn blew out San Diego State. 76 to 59 and they are the men's ncaa champions so made all the way to the tournament and then we've seen teams just dominate in that last championship game right so the milwaukee bucks beat the philadelphia 76ers 117 to 104 and then the bucks beat the chicago bulls 105 to 92 the reason that's relevant is because i was at both of these games last week look at you yeah as a credentialed sports media. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> should have printed yourself out a little like 
press pass. Yeah, I should have like <laughs> wore the lanyard around my neck right, and everything. Right. All access. Yeah. Climb over the counter, help yourself to whatever food you want. <laughs> yeah, be like, hey, you know, media member here. Don't don't worry. Um, but yeah, I had boots on the ground, and it was pretty cool because the Bucks have now locked up the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They did that after beating the Bulls. And I must say, since I got to see two games in person, they look really dominant. So a bit early for this. Playoffs haven't started yet, and I don't know how early on I should do it into, but why not? I'm just going to do a prediction for the finals on this show right here right now. So... I'm going to say it's going to be the Suns and the Bucks, and that would be a 2021 Finals rematch. Plus Kevin Durant, he is now on the Phoenix Suns. So, yeah, I, th- I think that'll be interesting. So you think it's going to be a repeat already, like within two years? Yeah, I do. All right, all right. I mean, the Bucks pretty much have all of the same players, except for, you know, a few are gone, but now they have also a few additional players. Suns have their same core players, and then they've added Kevin Durant. He got traded from the Nets. I know we talked about that when it happened on this show. So I think that, yeah, I mean, both teams have tried to keep everything together as much as possible to try and make it back sooner rather than later. So this is their window for both of these teams, I would say. So that's what I got. What's your prediction? I don't know. I've <laughs> not been watching. I know that the Bucks are on a pretty good win streak, yeah. or were, and um, yeah. yeah. So I guess I, I I'll just go along with you here. All right, that's the prediction for <laughs> the whole show. So a little bit more about NBA. You maybe will have some input on this. Uh, we'll see. So. With NBA playoff hopes still alive, the Dallas Mavericks chose to sit key players and wound up losing to the Bulls, who we were just talking about, 115-112 to 112 on Friday night. Well, on Saturday morning, the NBA commenced an investigation into the facts and circumstances surrounding the Dallas Mavericks' roster decisions and game conduct with respect to the game, including the motivation behind those actions. So that is communication from NBA spokesperson Mike Bass. So I'll tell you what I think the motivation was. I think that they were tanking, and I'll tell you why they're tanking. Are you familiar with the term tanking? Like you just give up the the win? Yeah, losing on purpose. Okay, so in terms of what this would mean for the Mavericks, so by them losing... They now have the NBA's 10th worst record. So anything outside of the top 10, they would have had to send their upcoming first-round pick to the New York Knicks because they had done a trade with them. But within the trade guidelines, they their pick is protected if it's in the top 10. So by losing, it's now in the top 10. Now they get to keep it. Another thing is, is for the NBA draft, they do a lottery. So you see the lottery balls and you're like, okay, this team has the first pick. This team has the second pick. So instead of it just being based on your record, it's a lottery. So now they have the 10th best odds to have the number one overall pick, which means they're going to have the best player in the upcoming draft. They don't have as great of a chance, but there is still a chance that not only do they get to keep their pick, but it can be a very great pick. So and if they're doing this investigation, could they potentially take that privilege away from them? So 
as far as I have looked into so far, I have not seen anything about that. Now, for the NFL, I know, for example, they um, have taken a, a team's pick away this year. The Miami Dolphins don't have a pick in the first round of the draft, but they were tampering. They were pretty much, they're talking to Tom Brady and they're talking to Sean Payton. These were, this was a player on another team and then a coach for another team. And they were talking to them pretty much while they were under contract being like, Hey, we want you to be on our team or, Hey, we want you to coach for our team. That's tampering. You're not allowed to do that unless there's an allotted window in which it's the off season, free agency trades where it's allowed. So they were doing it at that time. As far as I saw, this has already happened for the Mavericks before. I'm not sure if you know who their owner is off the top of your head or not, but it's Mark Cuban from Shark Tank. Yeah, I know Mark Cuban. So, yeah. yeah. Um, he has been fined for this before, $600,000, because he admitted in 2018 to tanking. So he might just have to pay a fine again. For someone like Mark Cuban, I mean, it seems it's not like that big a, yeah, of a deal. Small, small potatoes at that point. Exactly for somebody like him, but I just wonder what you're thinking of this move in terms of the integrity of the game because it makes a lot of fans mad and rightfully so. I can imagine, yeah, yeah, because pretty much what they did is they have Luka Doncic, they have like an All Star, like All Pro player, and they said that he's only going to play in the first quarter. And then after that, they're going to rest him. I think they said they he played 13 seconds in the second quarter, and then they benched him, and then he didn't play the rest of the game. And the Bulls were already not playing any of their starters because whether they win or lose, it doesn't change where they're going to be at in terms of the seeding and the playoffs. So for them, they're doing that so their players don't get hurt. The Mavericks, they still had something to play for, so you kind of run that risk in order to make the playoffs because... As long as you're in, you have a chance to make it all the way and win. But they opted to pull their players for really no reason, ultimately. They just yeah. said, like, we're going to sit him and he's going to be done for the rest of the season, which means, like, I think they had one more game after this. They plan on losing that as well. Their other player, Kyrie Irving, not playing. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on that from a fan perspective? Like, if you bought <laughs> tickets to the game, let's say. I'd be pissed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd be really mad. I can kind of see the strategy sort of effort of it if you feel like mm -hmm. you have no prospects for the season. Yeah. Set yourself up for the next season. Right. But at the same time, like, that season's not happening yet. You know, you, you still got a fan base to cover. You still yes. got, like, paying, like, fans that yeah. you need to you need to please them. You need to at least try for them, you know? And the whole point of sports is to to play for the integrity of the game and to to be able to uh to play to the best of your ability. I totally agree. Not every person and not every fan is as patient as the next. As me following Chicago sports, let's just use the Bears as an example. They they're going through a rebuilding period, so they're they're in a phase where they have more picks than other teams and but they don't have as much talent as other teams so it's one of those things where like okay maybe two or three years from now we will be better and we will maybe be able to make the playoffs but not everybody's patient so <laughs> if you're in a position where it's like you could maybe make the playoffs first of all that's more ticket sales that's more times that your team's on tv all these other things and then another thing is, is these players 
they may or may not be on your team next year, but they want to be able to showcase their best stuff in order to prolong their careers in the league as well. So there's right. there's the fans to account for, the players to account for. Like, sure, the players wanted to win, and the players wanted to try to <laughs> attempt to make the playoffs to then see what they can do there and see if they could go on a run. And then ownership and coaches is like, no, guys, sorry. <laughs> um your competitive spirit and your love for the game, just forget about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> turn turn that switch off, which they probably cannot do. But, yeah, so more on that to come. We're kind of in the early stages of that. And then two more things rather quickly. So UFC 287 was last night. I know you watch from time to time. Do you have anything to say about that? I didn't see it last night. Okay. No. The biggest news I see is I think I saw, yes, I did see, yeah, so Jorge Mesvidal retired after his fight. So that is pretty big deal, I would say. But then again, fighters tend to retire and come back if the price is right. Right. So, but as of right now, a retirement seems intimate. And then a little bit of Masters talk. Unfortunately, we're recording before the like conclusion of this but right now Brooks Kepka is in first John Ron is two behind and then I did just see this as well unfortunately Tiger Woods withdraws from the Masters due to injury I'm not sure at this time but I'm sure you folks will see it throughout this week and then I'm sure as long as I remember. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we will talk about this next week. We will talk about the full conclusion and an, any other big storylines. But right now, we're just we're in the midst of it. So right. can't give you everything at this moment. But A lot of stuff going on, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Busy time. But that's all I got for this week. All righty. So that means it's time for us to move on to our segment for the week. But not before we tell you, you know... Lots of stuff happening right now, as you can so, tell. So Devin many, had so yes. much news just now. Uh, so many events, whether it's that, uh, theater events, comedy shows, all that. If you want to get the best tickets for the best price, you got to look at SeatGeek and use our code if it has a score to score yourself $20 off your first purchase. Okay, They have some guaranteed seats for these awesome events that are coming up. So you want to make sure that you look there before you look anywhere else. I didn't want to talk about this during the news because it's not really sports per se, but I mentioned I was at two games, and at one of the two, I saw somebody make the half-court shot that you always see on TVs or movies or in real life if you've gone. They made it, and they won a bunch of money, and being there live to see that and everybody's jumping around and cheering, that was awesome. I hope you guys can score some tickets for yourself and see something just as cool, so use code if it has a score and then you folks could go to a live sporting event and see some people win some money hopefully yeah that was electric very fun all right moving on our um theme this month is april fools so we're going with comedy movies or comics and we are going to uh today do a skim through our movie for the skim through is classic uh 2003 film 
School of Rock. Oh, I love this movie. With Jack Black being in the limelight once again as Bowser in the Super Mario movie. And from what I hear, he's the standout of the entire film. He always gives his all in his movies. So, um, and he's also <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. So I figure we we honor him and we we talk about one of uh, his most famous roles today. Definitely, yeah. This is gonna be great, but that's at first glance because I have no idea how this is gonna relate to sports. So, but I'm sure once you get into it, and I remember a little more. We'll we'll see how we can connect some dots. Yeah, we can figure some some stuff out. I mean, uh, today. School of Rock is also like a stage musical. It was the highest grossing uh, comedy, music themed comedy movie uh, until Pitch Perfect 2 in 2015. So it kind of like ran the show there for 12 years. Definitely. Uh, so it, it definitely deserves its time. It's going to run our show today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So starting us off at the top of the movie, you know, we see this rock band playing a gig. At a nightclub, the band's called No Vacancy. And uh, the lead guitarist, our main character, Dewey Finn, is rocking out. He's having a good time. He's, he has all these different antics on stage, and he does a stage dive. And unfortunately, that ends up ending the show. It creates like a little disturbance there. Yeah. Um, next morning, Dewey and uh, his roommate, Ned Schneebly, <laughs> um, <laughs> have this little talk and ned and his girlfriend tell him that he has to pay his rent so he's behind on rent so already we're we're learning dewey's a little wacky he might not be the best at making decisions and he's not very responsible when it comes to uh different things like paying rent or making good choices he's made an appearance um, on this show before right right yeah. and so he's been told you know either pay the rent or move out uh and Unfortunately, also at the next rehearsal for his band, he's informed by the band that he's being replaced. He's getting fired, and they're replacing him with another guitarist named Spider. Oh, geez. not really important his name. It's just fun that his name is Spider. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Dewey's like, "Ah, oh, great! Now I gotta sell all my equipment because I'm not in a band anymore. I gotta pay this rent." So he's selling his equipment, trying to pay this rent, and uh, he, he picks up this phone call uh, that was supposed to be for Ned. And it's this principal at a uh, prep school nearby that was uh, that's asking for Ned about this substitute teacher position that has opened up. And so Dewey, thinking that this is like a good way for him to get some cash, he impersonates Ned Schneebly and takes the job. It's a great way to get cash. Yeah, you know, exactly. Think about it. <laughs> exactly. Be a teacher. It's where all the money is. Um, so on... His first day of school, he <laughs> cannot spell Schneebly, so he just adopts the name Mr. S, and that's how he's known by the kids, Mr. S. Um, and he's a little, like, chaotic, and the students are a little confused by it because it is a prep school, uh, but he, this, is, this is the start of his relationship with those kids. Uh, the next day, Dewey kind of gets to know the kids a little bit more. He sees their talent in music class and stuff, and he creates this plan that he's like, oh, well, if my band, my old band, was going to get into Battle of the Bands, I can compete against them by starting a new band. And so he creates this new band using these kids because he Absolutely. sees how talented they are. Mm -hmm. uh, so like one of the kids gets to be the lead guitarist, another kid, the drummer, 
Um, another kid on bass. Another kid on the keyboard. And he puts himself as a lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then assigns the rest of the class to different roles like being groupies or uh, backup singers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the students becomes like their band manager. So that this whole like we're going to start band kind of thing takes over all their normal lessons. Uh, and, <laughs> but you, you kind of see that it, it helps the students in ways that they they become more confident. It helps them tackle their insecurities uh, and they they like embrace this talent despite any sort of uh, thing holding them back. Like one of the kids is worried about not being cool enough. Another yeah. kid, their uh, family doesn't approve of uh, rock music because he liked rock music to begin with, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. His dad didn't approve of it. Right. Right. Another girl who is uh, overweight and self conscious. Uh, she wants to be the co lead, and uh, Dewey like actually hears her out. And he's like you sound really good we're gonna make you the co-lead so like he's he's really helping these kids embrace their talents in a way which is something that you wouldn't expect because he comes in like very like hot-headed ego driven he wants to be this lead thing it's all about him yeah but it really becomes like a lot about these kids he has his selfish needs that he's trying to fulfill but then he ends up selflessly yeah fulfilling all their needs yeah exactly and then the uh groupies with the uh, band manager's approval decide the name of the band the school of rock and that is the start of our story perfect, perfect you got anything that story. in mind any athletes that have impersonated <laughs> so i did upon a quick google search this is the search so coach who lied about resume and then right away pops up george o'leary so um we do have a suspect and then, let's see. I see that he was the coach of Notre Dame. Oh goodness, that's a that's yeah a pretty big team. <laughs> and then he resigns after five days, and that is because he they found out or he admitted that he falsified parts of his academic and athletic background. So, I pretty much only have this uh suspect at this moment if you will i don't know too much more about them so let's learn a little bit more about dewey finn aka who's he impersonating again mr Uh, schneebly mr schneebly that's right yeah ned schneebly yeah yeah um so let's learn a little bit more about this situation and then i'll figure out upon reading and also listening what exactly george o'leary falsified so. All right. Continuing on, uh, Dewey sneaks um, the band out of school uh, so that they can audition for this Battle of the Bands things, and uh, the rest of the class stays behind to kind of like cover ground and make sure that the, no one realizes that they're gone. Unfortunately, the band is like going to be rejected, but one of the kids comes up with this great plan to say that they are all like terminally ill, so they have to let them play. <laughs> uh, and so they, they get in. Um, and then we get to a day where the principal decides to check in on uh, Mr. Schneebly's progress as a teacher. So mm-hmm. there's an observation taking place. Um, and so he has to actually teach them academic material. They don't get to get actually like practice and stuff. And um, later on, 
there's a parents' night that takes place the day before this Battle of the Bands competition, uh, and the parents start to question Dewey's um, teaching methods. So they've, they've heard all this, like, these rumors and stuff about what's happening in there. And that same night, Ned gets the paycheck from the school and realizes that Dewey has been impersonating him. <laughs> and so he and his girlfriend, Patty, uh, and the police get to the school and he's confronted. So it's like, not only is he being confronted by the teachers and mm-hmm. by the principal, he's now also being confronted by his roommate, who he was impersonating and his girlfriend and the police. So it's like everything on all sides of him. And he's, he's really been caught this time. And so, uh, do we admits who he actually is that he's not a licensed teacher and it creates like this hilarious scene that I'm not going to repeat, <laughs> but you should look it up. Uh, and he, he flees, he runs off. Um, and back at home, Ned's like, Really disappointed, he kicks Dewey out as punishment for impersonating him. So Dewey now is not is, is homeless basically, and he mm-hmm. also doesn't have a job, and also he kind of like feels like he failed the kids because he got fired. So he's really down on his luck right now, even Def- more so. Definitely, yeah. So even though he was on the up, he's now on the down again. Mm. So, do you want to give an update or you want me to keep going? No, I will. I will. I know a little bit more. So, this is kind of how he got caught in the act. So, a little bit more about this. So, yeah, a few days after he was hired, inaccuracies were discovered in his published biographical sketch. In the biography, which had remained more or less unchanged for two decades. It stated that O'Leary had earned three letters in football at the University of New Hampshire, but when the Manchester Union leader called the University of New Hampshire to research a feature story on him, the school informed the paper that he had never played in one game. Wow. So he pretty much was like, yeah, you know, I I have all these accomplishments from playing, and that's why I kind of am in this position now. And that was not true. I also saw something that he said he earned his master's degree in education from... Where was that from? Scrolling up. Let's see. Just one moment. Very, very sorry. Oh, yeah. Master's degree in education from New York University. So that also... This guy is doing like zero truths (laughs) and all lies at the moment. He's playing the game incorrectly. So, yeah, that was let's let's lead a little bit more into the scandal. So, yeah, um So I'm like jumping around a lot here. So, yeah, he he resigned. I had mentioned that before and then yeah, he admitted that he did not have the masters of education. So, this is his statement in his resignation. So due to a selfish and thoughtless act many years ago, I personally embarrassed Notre Dame, its alumni and fans. So I'll just leave it right now at the point of where he was quote unquote resume padding and he got caught in the act. And then he has to publicly acknowledge this. And he as well is 
unemployed. I don't think homeless, <laughs> similar to uh, the character in your movie. But these two are kind of in the same place at the same time. So I think now you're caught up. I'm caught up. We're at a good time. I do have more later on, but I'll get to that as you go through more. So yep. continue. Gotcha. So part three, the ending. Um, so after this whole fiasco... Uh, Rosalie, the the principal, is being confronted in her office by all the parents. While they are distracting the principal, the kids decide to sneak out so that they can go um, play at this Battle of the Bands because they don't want their work to go to waste. They've been working so hard for this. Mm-hmm. Um, the new substitute realizes that they're gone, tells the principal, and like everyone kind of like rushes over to this Battle of the Bands thing. <laughs> uh, but the funny part is they all have to pay to get in. <laughs> they don't let them in. <laughs> so they all have to pay to get into this Battle of the Bands, which like creates some revenue and some crowd stuff. Uh, so like all the parents are there, the principal's there, everyone's there. The um, A school bus goes and picks up Dewey, and he ends up leading the kids to the competition, and decides that they should play uh, this song that one of the students had written earlier. And Ned finally stands up to his girlfriend, because I guess his girlfriend's like super rude and controlling. I don't know. Uh, she's that, against, that's like a minor part. Yeah, yeah. she's against Dewey. Yeah, she right, right. Him. She's very like anti-Dewey. Yeah. Uh, and he goes to see the School of Rock perform. So like everyone's back in the same location again, but this time in a good way. So the band wins over the entire crowd, uh, and but unfortunately, they still lose the Battle of the Bands to no vacancy. But the audience still chants for them to do an encore, and um, the parents, while like still upset that he lied about being the teacher and stuff, they are super impressed by the kids' talent, how well they did, their confidence. And the principal was, like, super excited, too. So he ends up winning everyone over in the end. Right. Some time passes, and uh, they were able to create an after-school program known as the School of Rock. uh, And they're able to um, keep running with the band and keep taking in new members and stuff. It's coached by Dewey. Uh, The band gets a bunch of shows and record deals. And uh, he continues to get to coach the students that he was playing with before. And Ned, uh, he he becomes a teacher teaching beginning students uh, after rediscovering his passion for rock music. That's very good. So kind of found out more about himself in doing that, like, look in the mirror. Exactly. And that's where our story ends. All right. In a happy note. (laughs) I have something similar. This guy definitely does not go on, you know, to be unemployed for the rest of his coaching career. So I will say, similar to, you know, Dewey kind of being caught in the act, but then having a chance to kind of like rectify the situation. So this is just one more quote, and then I'll get on to what he's able to do later in his career. So in seeking employment, I prepared a resume that contained inaccuracies regarding my completion of coursework for a master's degree and also my level of participation in football at my alma mater. These misstatements were never stricken from my resume or biographical sketch in later years. So something he did early on and then he was kind of like in a web of lies similar to Dewey I will say where it's like he did this at first just to get 
money. Like you said, he, he wanted to make money for rent. So he had like a get rich quick kind of scheme. He's probably just thinking of next month at most. He's like, yeah. how am I going to pay rent for the next month? And now all of a sudden you have students involved because right. you are a teacher and you have other people involved as well. Like the parents um, are concerned and rightfully so. Same thing. So this is a coach here. So he has his players, and now everybody's kind of involved in this situation. But this scandal, this was in 2001. So in 2002, so just a year later. And now this was going to be the head coach position at Notre Dame. After being at Georgia Tech, let's see the position he had there. Um, looks like head coach as well. Yeah, because he was a defensive coordinator, then an interim head coach, and then head coach. So he's pretty much happened from head coach at one school to head coach at another school. So, so he had the experience, though. He did. He did. But we see him take some steps back, kind of have to start from scratch. And then he's also kind of taking on a new kind of responsibility, a new kind of opportunity. So in 2002, the Minnesota Vikings, so this being the NFL and not college football, they hired him as a defensive line coach. So that is just coaching the positions. So that is at the bottom of the totem pole per se. Next up would be defensive coordinator. So that was a position he was in before. Then some other roles and potentially head coach thereafter. So he's he's like a few steps down from where he just was being hired the season before. Right. Well, but a few steps down, but in a... <laughs> Uh, step up league, you know. Absolutely, yeah, I will say. So it's one of those things where it's uh, step down in terms of the role, step up in terms of, yeah, the caliber of talent that you were coaching and so on. And then I think he was probably just happy to have an opportunity in general. So it ended up working out for him. So the coach of the Minnesota Vikings was Mike Tice, so he played for O'Leary at a high school that he coached at in the 70s. So we're not going that far back for O'Leary here, but it's somebody that he coached before. So I think that maybe that connection made the uh, personnel choice easy for this head coach of the Vikings. He's like, despite what happened, I would like to hire this person. I, I know more about them regardless of what their resume says and i feel like not to be cheesy or corny or anything but that's like these parents and these kids after they kind of found out all right this was not who was supposed to be our substitute teacher but they kind of bought in of like let's hear this guy out let's see what this guy's about and let's learn more about them and give them a chance based on now what we know and prior to like just throw what we thought we knew out the window, I guess, per se. So then in 2003, he was promoted to defensive coordinator. So he's already moving up on the ranks. Like you said, it's not like this guy's underqualified. It's just he got caught doing something he wasn't supposed to do. Right. Similar right. to our guy Dewey Finn here. He's qualified for the job. He has the in experience, term, he, right? Yeah. In terms of like his resume, like did he study to be an educator? Most likely not. No. However, did he inspire these kids and has he taught them things that they can now 
uh, work towards in their future, like whether that be with music or arts or just being more confident in themselves, like in whatever they choose to do later. He did do those things. So that's kind of like on paper versus in real life, the kind of using your own judgment, I guess, per se. So then pretty much from there, uh, he left the Vikings in 2004 and became the head coach. So he's back to head coach position of the University of Central Florida. So they had just had their worst season in school history of 0-11. So he's now going to be taking over this team and going to try to rebuild them. So without like going into every single detail in of like every single season he's there for multiple seasons they eventually have national success so i'm fast forwarding here it looks like in 2010 so the first time in school history the knights were ranked following a nationally televised 40 to 33 road victory against houston so they won five straight games they had an 11 game conference winning streak so you see F was ranked in all three major college polls. So they were ranked 25, and you need to be 25 or higher to be ranked. So, yeah, they were amongst some of, like, the best college teams, no matter what conference they're in. That doesn't matter. It's just they rank all of the teams. There's, like, 125, 150, somewhere around there, teams that can be in this ranking. But if you're... 25 or higher you're quote-unquote ranked so yeah so in 2010 after being there for a little over five years like six or seven seasons uh he starts to see some success um 2011 disappointing season 2013 bouncing back and then yeah it looks like similar to the story to tie it in again So there's also some academic success. So O'Leary reshaped the UCF football program in regard to improved academic results in the classroom and overall team discipline on and off the football field. So the Knights set a new Division I-A history record with a 2.78 team GPA in 2004, only to break that mark with a 2.8. 08 team GPA in fall of 2005. So in 2004, the fall of 40% of the team earned a 3.0 GPA. So these are student athletes and these in your movie, these are students. They shouldn't be focusing on rock first. They should be focusing on the classroom Ooh, first. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks like both of these people through their sport and through their music, were able to, again, teach them lessons about life and participation in school that led them to just have a better attitude towards that and use some lessons that they learned towards that. So, yeah, I'd say that this lines up pretty well, I would say. So we have somebody that tried falsifying some things, got caught up, but... People were able to see them out and hear them out. They were able to bounce back and ultimately do what they, well, 
this was not Dewey's original goal, but they're able to help people in the end. Right. In multiple ways. Became like an overall positive experience for everyone. Absolutely. Dewey Finn, George O'Leary, it's like, I close my eyes, I can barely tell who's who. <laughs> <laughs> or I close my ears and I can barely hear which one is which one. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Black is so distinct in his voice and everything. I just mean the stories, but yeah, yeah. very, very, very <laughs> different, but... We are trying to cross that bridge, and I think that we found another good comparison. Yeah, for sure. All righty. So that is it for our skim through this week. Yay! Yay. Woo-hoo, yeah. So with it being April Fool's, I'll just say that it was higher in spirits and it was higher in energy and you know what else will make you be higher in energy is some midnight energy dang right yeah that's what i'm talking about we have so many is it what two new flavors now there's going there's going to be a second new new flavor that's right surprise what it's going to be there we go exactly so solar sherbert is out and it is bussin on god for real no cap <laughs> that is yeah that's the slogan yeah <laughs> that's the trademark of theirs <laughs> that's, it says it on the thing <laughs> but yeah i mean wear your midnight energy t-shirt drink it from your midnight energy blender bottle drink any of these flavors and then there will be more to come so try everything they have now so you can be up to date to then try the new one that comes out later Get your energy up, your hydration up, your vitamins up. Up, up, up. It's yeah. good stuff. That's <laughs> I, for real. I thoroughly enjoy it. So at MidnightEnergyCo.com, use code SCORE to score 10% off of your order and get any of this great stuff from our great partner. All right, moving <laughs> on to our <laughs> last bit. We've got two truths, one lie. Since I went first for uh news i will go ahead and go first for this which of these actors did not receive a comedy central roast so comedy central did these roasts for a time from Mm -hmm. like 2003 to 2019 and they were like uh spaced out pretty well but it was a a pretty big night where it's like a a big celebrity would be roasted there'd be someone who's like the master of ceremonies or whatever and then a couple other celebrity guests would come on to roast this person. They would offer some sort of joke. All right. The office made fun of this when uh, uh, Michael Scott gets roasted. Yeah, yeah. There's usually a lot of celebrity guests in the audience as well. Uh, and, you know, it's just an overall, like, fun night. You get to kind of laugh at yourself and laugh at each other. I've seen some um, of these, yeah. Yeah. One of the most notable ones was... Uh, our former president Donald Trump yeah. was on there and got Home roasted. Alone two star. Home yeah. Alone two star Donald Trump <laughs> got roasted. So like they, there's a pretty wide variety of people who who got to be on these roast nights. And uh, people so, roasting like Snoop Dogg, Kevin right, Hart, right. there's the one guy that's always there, I forget his name, something Ross, right? Maybe. Ah, we can get into that later, but how about you do you share your thing? Oh, Jeff was, Ross. Jer- Jeff yeah. Ross. Yeah, he's like always there roasting yeah, people. Yeah, Gilbert Gottfried was there for a mm-hmm. lot. Okay, and it, it changed over time. It kind of matched with like who was the, the a popular person at that time to get roasted. Pete Davidson um, and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. So my question for you is, which one of these people 
did not receive a roast. All right. Adam Sandler, Larry the Cable Guy, or David Hasselhoff? Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. So, like I said, I've, I've seen a, some of these, but not many. Also, I've seen clips and stuff. I don't think I've seen clips of any of these, which means you're lying about all three. No, I'm just kidding. Jeez, <laughs> um, so... David Hasselhoff, Larry the Cable Guy. Who was the first you mentioned again? Adam Sandler. Okay, so we have two people, like, pretty much... Like, I know they're in, in TV and movies and stuff, but, like, they're, they're comics as well. And then one that's not a comic. But then again, we had somebody who at the time was doing The Apprentice and WWE and Donald Trump. So it's, like, people from different backgrounds and stuff. So with that being said... I'm going to rule out David Hasselhoff. I, th- I think he they probably did do him. Um, geez, I mean, Larry the Cable Guy. Hmm. That I mean, both of those, like Larry the Cable Guy or Adam Sandler, those both sound like those would be funny. Like they would Yeah, have, those would be ones that would make sense. Yeah, there. those would be pretty funny. Um, let's just say they did not do... Adam Sandler, because I just feel like it's, and he can laugh at himself, but it's kind of like easy. There's like stereotypes involved with Larry the Cable Guy. It'll kind of be easy. Jokes kind of write themselves. Uh, but he, he has no problem laughing about himself and making jokes back and things. So, yeah, I say Adam Sandler did not have one for him. What do, you, what do you have to say? Adam Sandler is famous for a sketch about a roast of him where he um, fights off these different people. They roast him and he like just roasts them back. He yells at them. Uh-huh. However, he never received a Comedy Central roast. Nice. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy did have one. David Hasselhoff had one. I mean, Ooh. Charlie Sheen had one. Yes, there we go. Uh, Alec Justin Baldwin, Bieber, right? Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. Rob Lowe, you know, like... And Joan Rivers even had one. <laughs> so, like, it it's pretty odd, the groups. Like, some of them it makes sense. Other ones, it's like, really, this guy? Yeah. Uh, but overall, it's it's it was a fun night when they did it that they are able to just, like, sit there and just have a good time. Laugh at themselves. Uh, Adam yeah. Sandler was not uh, someone who got roasted there, but he, he did have that sketch. He also got roasted at the, um, at the most recent uh, award that he won the Mark Twain Award. Right, right. Uh, he, he had a roast there. All right, so, like, he, he's not one to shy away from it. He just didn't have one specific to this sort of uh, style. So. Yes, yep, not from Comedy Central, right? Right. Yep. So, All right. Uh, you are one in one. One in one. One in one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, sure. Yeah, this yeah. is the second episode. Right. Yeah. Right. I forgot we had one. How could you? It just feels so early in the month. It does, but we're <laughs> cruising along. So, more news. I'm sneaking it in in my two truths, one lie. I will unveil the news after you take your guess. So, which of these NHL teams has, or sorry, so like, let me rephrase that. I did do it correctly, I swear. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, which of these two NHL teams has won 62 games in an NHL season? So I'm going to list three teams. Two of them have, one of them has not. 
Also, quick, a fun fact, all three of these teams I'm going to list are three of the original six in the NHL. So kind of getting that out of the way, you can be like, how long have they been in the league? And maybe they've done this. They've been in the league since the very beginning, All like three of these teams. So they've all rightfully have had a chance to win 62 games. So out of 82. I'm sure that at one point there was less, but uh, there's 82 now. So the Boston Bruins, the Detroit Red Wings, or the Toronto Maple Leafs. So one of these has not won 62. The other two have. So Boston, Detroit, and Toronto. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with Boston. You don't think Boston has won 62 games in a season? No way. So... With their win over the New Jersey Devils last night. Drum roll, please. No, I'm not saying who yet. The Boston Bruins have uh, won their 62nd game. This record is also currently being held by the Detroit Red Wings. So this just happened. I really thought the Canadians would have their stuff together, man. You would think, right? (laughs) But yeah, this 62-game win in one season is the current mark so yeah the boston bruins detroit red wings currently tied with that mark very great accomplishment and then yeah i did throw toronto in there to throw you off i'm not gonna lie i was like i thought that they would be better at (laughs) hockey to be honest yeah i mean the the they're in the playoffs and then the edmonton oilers and it's like yeah we we have teams it's like we, we expect them to do better and then it's kind of like, we'll see what happens this season. We'll see what happens in the future. But, yeah, as of right now, the Boston Bruins are another dominant team, similar to Milwaukee Bucks. And there's other teams. But, yeah, they are definitely, like, on a huge, like, dominant, just overpowering season. They have great momentum going into the playoffs. It's looking good for them. So that is some more news for you. Snuck it in. So 0-2 also for Boo. you this month. Boo. Okay. Not a good start for me for sure. <laughs> All righty. And that wraps up our show for today. Um, so, yeah. Have a great <laughs> rest of your day. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at WSkimMilk or my website, WSkimMilk.com, for this podcast as well as others. Devin, where can they find you? Oh, yeah, some personal news, a little bit of a rebrand. So, Devin J. Lang on Twitter, and buy me a coffee for some other writing. And then everywhere else, Devin J. Fantasy. So, those are the two usernames I have now. So, find me there for the usual content. New name, same content. Alrighty, and don't forget, you know, buy some Midnight Energy, get some tickets through SeatGeek, and we'll see you next time. See ya. If It Has a Score is available on all your favorite podcasting providers. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Shoot Your Shot Sports, and more. Thank you again for tuning in. We will see you next week.